It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. We got a little bit of a late start, got a little technical difficulties this morning, and it's been one of those kind of one of those days and weeks, I think, with technical difficulties. Uh, we got we got Biff in the studio; he's trying to get stuff working. Jay's working with him remotely to try to get stuff working, but uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's almost a full moon. Maybe it's got something to do with that, but uh, Biff is going to try to get a hold of our buddy Mark Smith. Mark Smith is from uh, Smith Kit Cars, and we're going to learn what's going on with, with his business, and... Um, and we'll go on with some uh, some things in the in the news. Some questions I got this week. I got some really kind of interesting and weird questions this week. Uh, so we'll we'll cover some of those, and uh, we'll hope that the pending full moon uh, doesn't take us off the air anymore. So I I don't know what else I don't know what else I can uh, blame it on. But I had a a similar thing. Um, I use uh, Wi-Fi in my house like most people do. And my uh, Wi-Fi wasn't working that good, so I looked and it said, "Oh, there's a Wi-Fi firmware upgrade." I said, "Oh, good." Uh, did the firmware upgrade? Wi-Fi uh, router quit working. Went out, and bought a new one, same brand. Maybe that was a mistake. Took it out of the box, hooked it all up, worked fine. Said there was an upgrade. Hit the upgrade button. Firmware upgrade worked good. Then it said, "Up, oh, there's a new upgrade. One just came out." Hit that one, turn that one into a paperweight. So went back to the store, returned that one, bought a different brand, and that one seems to be working okay, although not exactly what I wanted, but still it works. So it's uh, technology today. In fact, one of the weird kind of questions, if you own a Honda from like 2010, 11, somewhere in that range, and it has GPS in it, and it has a clock in it, uh, apparently Honda didn't think... Uh, um, their computers were going to last till 2022 because they seem to be stuck in 2002. And uh, if you own one of those vehicles, every time you get in it and start it, it'll say 4 p.m. because it doesn't know what the date is. So goofy stuff going on with that. So all kinds of all kinds of weird things going on. So uh, well, we'll just we'll just try to make the best of it. And try to figure out, uh, you know, try to figure out, you know, how we can how we can make it all work. Cold weather's coming, you know. It's time if you haven't done anything with cold weather for your car. It's uh, I don't want to say it's too late, but certainly you want to make sure. You know, we had that cold snap this week where it got down to well, uh, um, I don't know. On the South Shore, it got down to about seven degrees, so pretty cold. So. Um, but it didn't last too long, which is good. But it looks like we might have some more weather coming. We'll have to hear from Mark Rosenthal and see what's going on with that. Biff, how are you doing with uh, our we, guest? Mark is good to go. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. On the phone with us is Mark Smith of uh, Smith Kit Cars. Mark's been on the program before. And Mark makes these kits, these fantastic kits for uh, turning some, well, you know, interesting vehicles into utes. So what's a Ute? We'll let Mark explain it to us. Mark, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. 
Oh, great to see you, John. Uh, what a fun or hear you <laughs> as the cold weather sets in. Right, as it, great to be here. As the cold weather sets in, this is is this is this your busy time? Is this when people have started to order stuff so they have something to do over the winter time and uh, and uh, build build something? You know, uh, when I you know I, as most people know in this world anyway, I used to own Factory Five with my brother Dave, right? Yep. And our lead engineer uh, Jim Shank always said every Christmas is scary because you think you're going out of business because nobody buys anything, right? Yep. You know, so you can't compete with Christmas and all that. So we do have a very slow period just after Thanksgiving all the way till right now. And yep. then you're, you're spot on. Uh, from here all the way into summer is flat out. And did you find that with COVID, people were staying home looking for stuff to do and wanting to build things? You know, it's interesting because the first six months of COVID, we sold more, uh, you know, car-to-truck kits of all kinds than ever before. I mean, we almost doubled capacity. And at the same time, nobody came to work. <laughs> so it was a very interesting time for six months. So, you know, my kids, it was like, I always joke, it was like a farm. We had, uh, you know, my, my son Tim, my son Cooper, my son Will. I happened to have all these 20-somethings that were home from COVID. Yeah. And we basically were a farm for six months. You know, we just churned them out. And yep. then people got used to the pandemic or being home, whatever. That lasted six, eight months. And then they had this big downturn. And in retrospect, every time there was a wave or a surge, uh, sales would tank while people's attention focused on whatever the heck they were thinking about. Yep. And then it picked yep. up again. So we've had oh. two or three waves of our own following yep. the COVID waves. Very strange couple of years. And you and you had kind of a uh, a tragedy of sorts. Your your guy who was doing some molding had a fire in his building, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people thought about 2021, but for me, what a what a uh, personally in the business anyway. Uh, what a I was, I was going I was, I was to say. Remember, you're on the air, so there's certain words you can't use. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so what a challenge! Uh, it really was amazing because in March, uh, March April, our next door neighbor down in Timberton. Uh, who made all of our fiberglass bodies. So he had all six molds, you know, in his building. They had a massive fire that gutted the entire building. Our molds happened to be 30 feet around a corner. And a couple of them got scorched a little, but we, we actually, just pure luck. Because remember, this last spring, the boat business, where all these guys... You know, uh, our employee. Yeah. They all, you know, they do our car bodies, but they're mostly boat manufacturers. Those companies were flat out. If anybody, yeah. if any of your listeners tried to buy a you know center console or a boat, it was impossible. You know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I've had a small bayliner on order since uh, June of last year, <laughs> and it was and it was crazy. The, uh, it was crazy. Yeah. So he burns to the ground. The, the building burns to the ground, and uh, our one supplier of fiberglass bodies, which basically shuts me down, right, because I can't get any fiberglass yep. bodies, uh, even though the inside of the truck kits is CNC aluminum you know, sheet, the outside of the car is fiberglass. So, uh, you know, I make a couple of calls around the area. Rhode Island's fabulous that way. You know, the Tiverton, you know, Providence area is filled with sailboat and motorboat manufacturers. I, mean, I know all these guys from my Factory 5 days. You know, yep. We yep. all the molded. Nobody had capacity. Nobody. Mm. And so here we are shut down, and, you know, it's one of those things I, I always tell the guys, you know, if the top guy doesn't know how to make the stuff 
that you're making, you could be in trouble someday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sure enough, uh, you know, Mr. CEO puts on his molding hat. We buy all the equipment we need. It. We buy, you know, you just got to buy the stuff, right? And yeah. we set up the entire back of the shop as a molding facility. And molding's a very messy business, if you don't know. I mean, it's it, it's a disaster cosmetically in the building. But you do what you got to do. And so the yeah. kids' credit, a couple of guys came back after they realized COVID might be around for a while and you can't stay unemployed forever, right? Uh, a couple of guys came back. The boys were still there. And we started churning out bodies, not to the same volume as before. You know, right. so it did hurt. But by, uh, you know, July or so, we were back to our relatively normal capacity molding. But So we dodged a bullet. We just, every now and then, the sun shines on a dog's rear, right? So that, yeah. one, that one went our way. So, but, but like you said, you dodged a bullet by... Uh, you know, taking matters into your own hands and saying, this is what we got to do to survive. Oh, if I, if I had not done composites earlier in my career, fiberglass, you know, it's actually five, same thing, you know, fiberglass body, aluminum yeah. steel. If you don't know anything about fiberglass, you, you're done. And that was, I always, I told the boys too, who were working for me, I said, you know, just because you're a CEO or president, or doesn't mean you didn't grow up in the trenches and learn these skills that you got to sometimes put back to work. You know? Right. Right. Well, let's 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 take it a little step further. And let's um, you know, when I first heard about you, the first vehicle I saw was the the Volkswagen Beetle. So, uh, you you know, that was that was, I think, the first one that really I saw that attracted more attention than a Ferrari. You know, I was at a car show. I saw one of one of your conversions. Uh, someone had did it. Someone had done it, and it literally attracted more attention than a red Ferrari parked next to it. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about you know how that car kind of kind of came to light. So we it goes it goes all the way back to uh, you know I, I sold factory five to my brother Dave in 2012, right? And so from 12 on, I had a five year non compete. Yeah, you know, where I where I couldn't do kid cars or anything, which is hey, no nothing against Dave. I you know I mean I'm I'm the R and D guy that comes up with the new products. You know you can't have somebody yeah. just doing a Cobra down the street, right? Yeah. Brother or not, you gotta you know if you're gonna get your money, yeah. you gotta sign the deal, right? Right. So uh, at the end of the five years, oh, oh, I had one exception in the agreement, and when we signed this deal for all this money, I, the one exception was I could work on Jettas. Oh. I was working on the side. I was doing a mid-engine car based on the Jetta, but. I made a shop truck out of a TDI Jetta, you know, okay. so a little, a little, yep. and my buddy, my buddy Rutledge Wood, you know, the, the oh, top yeah. gear yep. guy, yep. he, he saw it at SEMA. Cause I remember at the time, you know, we had a lot of locomotives rally fighting right. stuff going yep. on and, you know, factory five and me and Jay Rogers from locomotives, you know, we had a lot of stuff going on. And so at SEMA, I brought the, 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 one of the kits out to Arizona and they built a shop truck for the locomotives crowd out in Arizona and they brought it to SEMA. And the little, I think that one was a 1.8T Jetta you know, yep. GLI that they turned into a white pickup, right? And, yep. and Rutt saw the truck at SEMA and calls me and says, dude, I've got a new TV show going. This is perfect. And that was the beginning. Uh, he, oh, right. he launched the Jetta on his TV show, basically. And uh, the Beetle also sharing the Mark IV platform you know, right. that the Jetta uses. Uh, the Beetle is, is, you know, the Beetle and the Audi TT are the same Mark IV platform as the Jetta and the uh, Golf, right? Yep. We did the Beetle, and the Beetle actually blew up the business. The Beetle was the one car, as you explained, 
when you're at a car show or you're driving down the street. You know, a few weeks ago, I'm driving a black Turbo S Beetle Ute to work. And the classic event that happens so often happens, you know, a middle-aged guy is ha hanging out of his car. It's dangerous. He's like, hanging out the window with a cell phone, getting a shot of the car on the highway. Yeah. Right? When you get people to hang out of a car window to take a picture of your car, you know you've got something. You know, like, and the Absolutely. fact that it's a $3,000 kit doesn't hurt. Right? These guys are into yeah. a project, a total of five grand by the time they're done. And and you guys did um, it kind of in this COVID thing. You guys built four vehicles in house and uh, and and sold them afterwards, right? Well, so we it, yeah, yeah, on, ongoing yeah. story. So the black one I was driving, uh, my customer Jim in New York. So after the fire, so we had a whole photo studio set up. We were doing a YouTube series on a build of four Beatles at once, right? right. And we got Andy Hesterman, one of our builders in Florida, came up. Carl Johnson from Connecticut, who's built a couple of factory, you know, factory five. He built a yep. Charger Ute of mine. He built a, a VW Jetta Ute of mine. A repeat customer just for yep. fun. Anyway, they come up for the week. And we start building these four cars. We have the video going. You know, we got all this stuff going. Well, literally right after we did the first half of the project, so we've got the cars laid out. They're, the aluminum beds are on. They're cut. All the dramatic stuff, you know, that we filmed. Yep. We have the fire next door, and so everything got put on hold. You know, yep. when you know, a fire is a fire. You know, a disaster is a disaster. When I yep. say all hands on deck for the molding, we ignored everything else in the business, including these wonderful customers that bought those cars. You know, they. I had to call them and say, "Look, you're not going to see that. I'm finishing the last three yep. right now." We just started finishing them a couple of months ago, and it took that long to recover and finish that project. And and the the cars you use, the Beetle, the Turbo S's with a stick, what a fun car to kind of put it all together in. You know, finding them was the problem. Yeah. I happened yeah. upon every, let's go back maybe a year last winter, I started saying, you know, we're going to do this four Beetle build. Yeah. If we're going to do a four Beetle build, and it's from the factory, because I usually don't make the cars. Right. Yep. Let's at least make it a special edition. Every one of them has to be top-tier, great car. And the Turbo S, they only made 5,000 of them worldwide. And it's, a, it's the Audi TT, higher horsepower, 1.8 turbo engine, yep. mated with a, with a very stout six-speed uh, gearbox out of the GTI. Okay. And the, yep. seats, and the seats have the high bolsters from the GTI. They're really exceptional cars. Yep. Uh, you know, remember, Beetle's a very light car. So they fly. One yeah. chip tune on those Turbo S's gives you 220 horse. I mean, you can lay rubber for a city block in a Beetle. It's, it's insane. So we use those as the base, those yeah. four. And I happened upon four of them in quick succession, just luck again. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you go to Facebook Marketplace and you get kind of addicted looking for cars, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if you already have all the cars or yeah. more, in my case, oh, than sure, you really yeah. should have, you find yourself on Facebook Marketplace. And uh, so we get these four cars in. I I drive to New Jersey with my son, and we would grab a car from a guy. <laughs> you know, we drive it home, and we got the four of them. Yeah. And once we had the four, we started the build. Well, if I had to do that today, I have not seen a Turbo S for sale for anything less than eight thousand dollars, six thousand dollars in months. The used car market is even got to old twenty-year-old Beetles at one point. Yeah. No, they're better. They're better now. But at yeah. the time, another case of just being in the right place at the right time with those yeah. Turbo S's, for sure. Great. Now, now the, the, Beetle, the Beetle weighs 
you know, stock beetle weighs probably 3,000 pounds. When you're done with it, when you take the back of it off and put the bed on it and modify it, what's, uh, what's it do to the weight? Up, down, stain, what, what happened? It does, since we, when we designed the car in aluminum, we did, even though it's eighth-inch aluminum, which is very thick plate, you know, it's yeah, not it's like sheet metal anymore. Stuff, yeah. at, at an eighth-inch thick, it's pretty substantial. So even with the substantial thickness of the bed, you do lose about 150 pounds to it. I mean, the rear 150 pound net, uh, yeah. so it comes down to 2,800 pounds or so. But if you look at the items in these German cars, uh, the rear hatch, just the hatch with the glass for the beetle, yeah. must weigh 80 pounds. I mean, the Germans love, I mean, that's why I love VWs as trucks. Yeah. They are so, they're built like tanks. They are built like tanks. Now, in our case, I love getting rid of a hatch that's kind of in front of the rear wheels. You know, yeah. uh, the rear seats. If you take a rear seat out of a Jetta or a Beetle, you'll be blown away. They, they weigh like forty. The, the seat backs are like thirty pounds each. They're these steel encased wonders of design, which is what Germans do. Yeah. And when you toss that stuff in a heap, it ends up being about three hundred pounds of stuff comes off, and you're putting one hundred and fifty pounds back on. And which is which is important. A net of 150 pounds yeah, is lost. Yeah, which, so you're down which to 2850 or so for what, the weight of the car. Yeah, and even the even a, if you took a, a stock, you know, took a 09 or 10 with the 2.5 in it, um, you know, this is a 150 horsepower car, and it's still pretty substantial. But like you said, if you took this Turbo S that's with a little bit of work, all of a sudden it's 220 horsepower in a in a 2800 pound car. You got something that you got something that goes goes down the road really well, really well. You know, they they drive really well. They're well made. They last three hundred, four hundred thousand miles. These cars. It's not just the TDIs that last. Yeah. There's little one point eight Ts and the two point fives. You know that two point five. I was late to the two point five party with VW, the five cylinder. Yeah. I, whether it's a bias from my V eight days or whatever it was, I, a yeah. five. It's like a V ten. I never yeah. quite got into V ten because in yeah. my brain as a youth as an engineer. You know, I'm a V12 guy. I'm a straight yep. six guy. I'm a V6 guy. You know, all those older yep. engines that you yep. know uh, make more mathematic sense. Right? Everything, yeah. you know, straight six is the best engine in the world, engineering-wise. Uh, V12 is simply two straight sixes, which makes it a great engine. Right. And then you have the V8. So straight, a straight five-cylinder engine, I just didn't quite buy in. What an amazing motor that thing is. Uh, chains instead of timing belts. You know, so you yep. don't have to change the belts every 100,000 miles. Uh, reliability that's amazing. The later VWs that had the 2.5 also had the better automatic transmissions. You know, the earlier ones were a little problematic, you know, yeah. in the 2000, early 2000. Uh, so what a great package that is. I agree. But that's 05 to 10 Beatles had that 2.5. Yeah. 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 I mean, you open the hood and you, you close the hood again because you can't figure out where anything is. But, you know, other than that. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's nowadays, right? Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. granted, you know, you and I would say a 2000 car is in our minds because we're older that's a new car to us has fuel injection yeah. has yeah. all the yeah. airbags it's a modern yeah. car in quotes right but right. you know to the kids today that's a 20 year old yeah. car so yeah. i mean you it's, know it's, to me i yeah. still i drive a 2000 beetle right now you know i, I love those utes i think they're great i yeah. use a hundred and fifty thousand mile car as a daily because i know it's going to last three hundred thousand miles i don't yeah. mess with new cars anymore i just don't yeah. it's, it's and, kind of silly and, to, and you know you you had the uh, the charger Ute, which you know you, you could buy or, you know pre pandemic and you know all the prices are 
ridiculous now for anything it seems like but pre-pandemic you could buy you could buy ex-police cars for 2500 you could buy them for almost essentially scrap weight and yeah. and those things yeah. those things were those things were pretty pretty stout vehicles with a little bit of extra pieces here and there to make them a little bit stronger and and you came up with a kit to turn those into a you yeah the dodge uh you know, I keep dating myself, right? I'm an old Mopar guy. I had a 68 Hemi Charger four-speed, right? It was my crown okay. jewel in my garage. Yeah. I had to sell it because it turned into a $200,000 car, right? And what human yeah. keeps a $200,000? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I went to Barrett Jackson and sold the thing because I needed the money to grow the business. I didn't realize it was a hunk of gold, right? Right. And so as an old Hemi guy, I was you talking about being late to the party with the VWs. With the Hemi Chargers, I had no idea the new Hemis were as good as they were. You know, yeah. remember, I'm biased. I'm a Ford guy from Cobras. I even, I'm an LS guy because, you know, we did the GTM back yeah. in the day. And I just, you know, you have your own biases. You know? So the Hemi Chargers came out and said, ah, you know, I finally did the truck. And I did the Charger, the first gen uh, new Charger, right? So 05 to 10. That car, I have two of them. And they're both police cars. And I have over 200,000 miles on both of them. I bought them for 20, like you said. 2500 bucks at auction. Yep. Guy in New Bedford went to the auction for me. I gave him 500 bucks over what he paid. He gave me the car, right? Yep. I thought, you know, the V8, it's got the German five-speed Mercedes transmission. Who yep. knows? I didn't know anything about him. What a piece of, below the belt line, what a piece of engineering. I have not had, I've replaced one alternator, the usual brake pads and stuff. Yep. But those cars have been absolutely trouble-free for 100,000 miles. I, they... They go and they go and they go and they have you know three hundred fifty four hundred horse doesn't hurt either an independent yep. rear end that Mercedes five speed is a workhorse it ends up being one of the most reliable transmissions I've ever had so the Charger and the Beetle are our two sales leaders for a reason they both have impact at shows they both you can haul stuff around town and things yep. but people go crazy when they see those guys yeah and and now you you you're doing something with Jeep you you have a Jeep kit now right. Right in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. I had been, I did a WJ. Uh, why did, why did you open a restaurant in the middle of the pandemic, too? You know, you might as well. You, know. <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. No, that was our last new product. I think normally we probably would have had another one uh, by now, but I think without the guys around, it did. We had some setbacks, like everybody yep. did. You know, yep. there's no – everybody has their, their uh, problems during the pandemic, and we move on. You know, you do what yep. you got to do. But uh, the Jeep was fun because it was our first real – you know, the Jeep crowd, when you go to SEMA, you know, the big show in Vegas, yeah. it's probably 40% off-road Jeep, you know, lifted truck. Right. It, it, right. It's transformed over the years into an amazing off-road thing. So I, I, so I go, all right, if I'm going to do a Jeep, a lot of guys wanted the earlier, boxier, you know, Cherokee, which I understand, but they're just so rusty and so old, right? You just can't. I, I couldn't do it. In New England, they're on, they don't exist. Right? They, yeah. they melted away, those cars. The WJ also had a lot of rust, but it's the last of the you know dual live axle uh, luxury yeah. cars. You know, the regular you know, XJs and stuff, they're going to have the double live axle for a long time. But the, but the Grand Cherokee moved on to independent suspension, and the hardcore yeah. Jeep guys love that dual live axle. Yeah. So I did use that one as a, as a starting pad, the launch pad for the Jeep. And it ended up being the easiest of our kits to make because it was already a truck underneath. And even though it's a unibody, uh, it took a lot less reinforcement 
I, I added a lot because the off-road guys do crazy things. Yeah. But uh, that, I think they call it a uniframe construction. So there's this yeah. four-inch by yeah. four-inch box frame that's kind of welded to the bottom of the car. So technically it's a unibody, but there's a frame welded under the car. So it makes it a great base, you know, for our, for our kids. And it's starting to sell. All of our cars take a little while for people to yeah. kind of yeah. absorb the idea. Yeah. No, it, and, and you know, it, it seems, you know, the, the world is going all electric. I mean, let's face it. It's Every time you turn around, there's either a new, you know, the post office is buying all electric vans and, you know, Chrysler says in 2026 or 7 or something they're going to be all electric. And there's going to be people that want gas cars. And they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to be finding these things. And they're going to be saying, I want to make them unique. I want to make them a little different. And you, you, all of a sudden now you have a window for those people. You have some place where they can, they can look and say, yeah, you know, whenever, you know, maybe I, maybe I will have a Tesla Model 3 in my, in my driveway, but I want something cool and different. And, and you give people the ability to turn an okay car into something really cool and different. Uh, isn't that the truth, right? There is this, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we always joke inside the company. I go, look, you guys, you're selling car trucks, their project. But what you're really selling is the ultimate second car. Because most people treat these, you know, even if they're hauling lumber from Home Depot or, or Lowe's, you know, yeah. they're, they're treating them as, as project cars that are special. And you're right. taking, like you said, you're taking a car that's literally, a, a Volkswagen Beetle right now, even with the high prices going on. You can still buy a good running driving car for 1500 bucks. Yep. They're throwing these cars away. And so we're taking something that's literally being thrown away and they're turning it into something that sells for fifteen grand on eBay. It's insane. Yep. Uh, I personally don't think that the Smith Ute, when it's done as a Beetle, is worth over twelve grand. I, I, I think you know the market speaks otherwise. Yep. But it's just a fun project car that you can, like you said earlier, you can go to a Cars and Coffee, and the guy next to you is in a five ninety nine Ferrari, you know, three hundred thousand dollar car, yep. Yep. and he is spending his time talking about your build of your VW Beetle. Right. right. I've never, you know, I mean, Cobras are Cobras. Everybody expects them yeah. to be cool, right? Yeah. Nobody, they're taken by surprise. You show up in a five ten thousand dollars $10,000 car, and you're this, you're that guy that built his own car, yeah. and it's quirky enough where even the rich guys who can buy anything, they end up doing the project with their kids or their grandkids, and that's the key. That's the magic. Yeah. Is that and, you and do it you... with somebody. Yeah, you just said you just said that, and you know I get calls, you know, uh, or emails from readers and stuff, and and it'll be like, hey, my, you know, I'm I'm trying to get my teenage son away from video games. You know, what do you think about building a kit car, and something like yeah. this, you know, a little bit of skill, yep, and a little bit of skill, this really works. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday. The website is. Uh, uh, smithkitcars.com it's with a Y S-M-Y-T-H right kitcars.com correct yeah I, hey you know thanks a lot um, we'll we'll keep in touch we'll see what's we'll see what's building and uh, you know let me know and uh, you know always happy to try to promote this kind of stuff this this is great stuff this is this is what makes the car business fun <laughs> thank you John you're turning me into a regular there buddy thank you very All much right. for the time alright alright take care Mark Hey, we need to take a break. We're, we're kind of out of, out of sync here with everything we need to do. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening to us on North Shore 104.9 or 104.9 FM. We'll be right back.
How would you like to receive $50 off your auto repair charges? Bring your vehicle into Monica of Peabody on Route 1 North for a free winter checkup and stay safe on the roads this winter. Mention this ad through the end of February to receive $50 off any service over $300. Monica of Peabody services all makes and models and is your one-stop shop for all your car care needs. This offer exclusively valid for Monica of Peabody on Route 1 North. For details, visit Monica.com and click on Peabody in the find box. As a mom, I want what's best for my family, especially when it comes to managing our finances. Hi, I'm Linda DeRocher. My husband, Jim, started TrueView Financial so that we can help other families with life's big decisions. At TrueView, financial freedom is closer than you think. Go to MyTrueViews.com now to schedule a meeting and become part of the TrueView family. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Path, member FINRA, SIPC. Ever dream about learning to fly? Well, stop dreaming about it and make it a reality. The Beverly Flight Center can make your dreams come true. Take control of the airplane and your dreams on your very first session. You will be trained by FAA-certified flight instructors. Learn at your own pace. Have classroom and in-flight training with an instructor as well as solo flights. Most students complete the course and earn their pilot certificate in 6 to 12 months. So stop dreaming and check out BeverlyFlightCenter.com. Get introduced to the world of flight. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Back to the Car Doc program on North Shore 1049. Again, apologize for a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough start to the program today. We had some uh, computer gremlins, and uh, I, and I can relate because I've had them I've had them all week as well. So, and it isn't I was I was saying before we talked to uh, Mark Smith that uh, you know computer gremlins in cars as well because one of the computer gremlins is that. Uh, you know, if you own a Honda from like 2010 and it uses the clock-based GPS system, so it's got a GPS in it, yeah, it thinks it's 2002 and it gets all confused. And every time you get in the car, it says it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And Honda says that they're they're working on a fix, but they're not in a big hurry, it seems like, to fix it. And I'm sure that there's some retired engineer somewhere from Honda who... Uh, you know, probably just as they were working on that, said, yeah, you don't have to worry. 2022, who knows what's going to happen then. It'll be fine all by its end. Well, 2010 Hondas are still around. So if you happen to own a 2010, 11, 12, 13, something like that, Honda CRV or Accord or even a even a uh, uh, an Acura it kind of in that vintage um, and it has GPS in it, yeah, your clock's not going to work. In fact, somebody somebody wrote to me and said uh, they wanted to know if they, you know, how how they could start a class action lawsuit. I don't know if you could start a class action lawsuit about a clock that's not working. I don't think so. But maybe, but maybe you know, you can get some compensation. I mean, 
you know, somebody somebody sued Red Bull and because apparently it doesn't really give you wings. Might give you more energy, but it really doesn't give you wings. And uh, and even even the uh, Sylvania Light people, uh, you know, I guess there was a class action lawsuit about the short-lived some of the short-lived Sylvania bulbs that, you know, kind of the same thing. So people do people do some some funny stuff. So uh, and then uh, you know then there's the the other the other car problems that that you can have and uh, be faced with at the same time. That some of them are computer related, and you have to you have to just kind of go along and see you know see how it's how it's all going to work out so you never you never really you never really know what can happen with with computer problems and and how those computer problems can relate to your car um i i also um uh, wrote uh, a column about uh if you have a car parked for a period of time maybe you can get a um uh, a neighbor to drive it periodically and uh, a very nice woman um and you know her her concern was what happens if something happens and the, you know the person driving the car and something becomes damaged and and I, I guess i hadn't you know thought it through quite enough about that whether that is that is really a concern or not but yeah it really it really could be because you know you know who's responsible for what i i guess is something something worth mentioning so yeah, I mean some some things to look at. If you would like to join us, the phones are working. I think at eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine, and and Biff's just in the studio there waiting waiting to see if they work. But we think they work. Uh, somebody else wrote to me this week and said uh, they have a two thousand eleven Scion XD, which is the little uh, toaster kind of square boxy thing. Uh, and they said the Toyota dealer where they bring it for service found the real, rear wheel bearings had some excessive play and also noted the struts were leaking. And they gave them a price of, I have to do some quick math here, 42, about $4,300. And they said, uh, are either of these immediate problems? And is it worth putting $4,300 into a car that's probably not worth $4,300? And, that is always that is always a question. Um, the rear wheel bearings are hub and wheel bearing assembly, and uh, sealed wheel bear- bearings like that you you can only do so much with them. There uh, there's no adjustments on them. You don't replace the wheel bearing. You replace the hub assembly together. The Toyota part is about five hundred dollars uh, each side, and it's about three hours labor to replace them. So you can see how. You know, you can see how that would add up in price. I did check online, which I always do to see, you know, you, you everybody, I think, knows you pay a little bit more money for parts when you buy them from the dealership. Uh, I found a good brand of part, uh, Beck Arnley, which is a good import uh, part manufacturer or part retailer. And you could buy that same part for about $220 uh, when you're looking for you know, problems with rear wheel bearings, you jack up the car, you spin the wheel, do you hear noise that they should be quiet? Uh, do you feel vibration? Put your hand right on the fender or a spring or something and turn the wheel, do you feel a vibration? Or do you shake the wheel back and forth and you feel looseness? Any one of those would tell you the rear wheel bearing is really time to replace it. Do you need to replace both of them? If they're both worn, yes. Do you need to replace one? Can you just replace one? If only? Yeah, absolutely. So, Maybe some cost savings there. And front struts leaking, well, first off, 
$2,500 is kind of a lot for struts. Um, secondly, struts are more comfort than handling, unless they're really, really worn out, and then they're, they'll affect handling, but more related to comfort, and depends what leaking is. A little bit of oil leakage, not such a terrible thing. I mean, certainly they're not going to get better by themselves, and this is a 11-year-old car. So, you know, w could you s not do them and be safe? Absolutely. So my advice to this person was simple enough. Have the bearings rechecked again, maybe an independent shop, have them look at it. If they're worn, replace them. Maybe look at a quality aftermarket part rather than the dealer part to save a little bit of money. Uh, the dealer parts can be great, absolutely. Dealer can do great work, absolutely. But maybe if you try to save a little bit of money. And when it comes to the struts, a little old-fashioned test. Bounce up and down on the front front bumper or fender. Get the car bouncing a little bit. See what it does afterwards. If it sort of bounces once and settles back down, nothing wrong with it. We need to take another break because we were a little off on our on our break schedule here but um another interesting but so simple email i got was somebody who had an oil change done at their local dealer and uh, they weren't happy with it and we'll go into that when we come back our phone number is 800-370-1049 800-370-1049 we'll be right back my pappy said son you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod lincoln story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace. That story is true, I'm here to say, I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive, just won't stall. With a four-barrel carb and a dual exhaust, with four living gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared. The brakes are good, tires fair. Are your Christmas bills piling up? Cash for Gold is paying cash for broken, unused, or unwanted jewelry. Sterling silver sets, gold, silver, platinum coins, and much more. Stop by at 185 South Main Street, Route 114 in Middleton, across from Richardson's Ice Cream Batting Cages. They will test your items while you watch and pay you cash on the spot. Check out their great reviews at cashforgoldmiddleton.com. Cash for Gold has a warm and friendly atmosphere. No appointment is needed. Bill and Hank are looking forward to seeing you at Cash for Gold. Heavenly Donuts' newest location is now open on Route 113 in Drake. Drive on through for one of their hand-cut donuts made fresh daily, a freshly cracked egg breakfast sandwich, or there are over 15 varieties of amazing coffee flavors. The flavors are always brewed fresh in the coffee with no extra syrup shots or sugars. Visit Heavenly Donuts at any of their 14 locations in the Merrimack Valley in southern New Hampshire or order online and find the location nearest you at heavenlydonuts.com. Hi, Dandy Davis from Snow Country. Tune in to our ski report each weekday at 9.50 and 12.50. Brought to you by Acura Peabody and their award-winning team. Committed to keeping you safe during all your adventures. Have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. 
Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast serving the North Shore and the Merrimack Valley. For today, sunshine, windy, bitter, cold. It'll be 5 to 10 above zero. Wind chills as cold as 25 below. Bundle up. Clear, bitter, cold overnight. Those about zero, but the winds are down. Tomorrow morning, sun, increasing clouds. It'll be in the mid-20s. Quick burst of snow or break out late tomorrow night. Could pile up a dusting, do an inch or two, and then change to rain. Rainy, very windy Monday morning in the midday. Temperatures climbing above 40. Winds from the southeast could gust over 60 miles an hour. Much colder weather comes back on Tuesday. Forecast being brought to you by the Berry Tavern in Danvers. The Berry Tavern is open every day for lunch and dinner. The Berry Tavern offers takeout, ordering curbside pickup and delivery through local delivery companies. Call the Berry Tavern, 978-777-BERRY. For local North Shore, 1049, I'm Mark Rosenthal. Welcome back to the Car Doc program on North Shore 104.9. Well, we're back. Everything seems to be working the way it's supposed to. I want to thank Biff in the studio for making it all work. Jay came in and, I don't know, waved a magic wand. Something, right? Fairy dust. He brought was the he, wand. He brought the dust. Yeah, he, was, he brought was the he, ma- magic wearing one of those pointy hats? He, he wears a pointy hat all the time. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's wow. how I know he's he's the wizard. He's, he's coming he's to fix wizard, things. Yeah. 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 Well, thank, yeah. thank you. To so thank for, you, Jay, for yeah. uh, particularly on this incredibly cold morning for doing that for yeah, us. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Um, yeah. 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 Um, it's, uh, you know, wind chill, you know, wind chill just so you don't worry too much. I mean, wind chill is bad for you. It, your car, Your car doesn't care, though. Your if it's uh, your car you know, doesn't it doesn't know about windshield, does it? It doesn't because no. it doesn't have skin. But your skin you know, does, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, another question. Again, real simple. Uh, this came from uh, a reader of the, uh, I think the Providence Journal column. He says, "I drive a 2013 Hyundai Elantra. I've been taking it to the dealer for oil changes for years to make sure the warranty is maintained. They have been great. I love going there. But recently they got rid of their service manager and most of his staff went wherever he went. He says, I believe my car takes 4.29 quarts of oil. When I got home, I checked the, I checked the fill. When it was cold, the level was way up over the full mark on the dipstick. I called and spoke to the service manager. He told me it was fine to be that full. I then asked him, uh, why it says do not overfill on the stick? At that point, he basically told me he knows more than the car manufacturer. That's not a good answer. I then checked my wife's Hyundai as well. They did an oil change about six months ago, but she hadn't been driving very much because she had an operation. Uh, it was also overfull, and he says it seems like they just dumped five quarts into any car that takes 4.29 quarts. He says, the web seems to be full of different opinions on this, whether it is bad or not. I don't know which one to trust, but I trust yours. Would you mind weighing in on this? Well, first off, checking the oil when the car's the engine's dead cold, you don't always get a good, accurate number. And right from Hyundai, actually, um, and I actually kind of said how to do it right based off the owner's manual, start up the car, let it get up to operating temperature, and then shut it off and let it sit for four or five minutes till it cools down. Then check the oil. So you want to let it sit for a few minutes because when it sits for a few minutes, the oil runs down into the oil pan so you get an accurate reading. But the oil needs to be warm. That's the best way to check it. So engine operating temperature, check it, then see what it was. And uh, right in the owner's manual, it says, do not overfill the oil. 
Uh, overfilling oil can, can put extra pressure on seals and gaskets. Not a good thing. So um, the right way to do this and the way that good shops would do it is they would put four quarts of oil in the car. They would know how much oil it takes. They would put four quarts of oil in the car, and then they would start it up, let it run, and then they would slowly fill the oil to the full mark a little bit at a time till they get it to whatever it's supposed to be, 4.29 quarts or four liters is what that works out to be. So that's how, that's how you do it. The idea of dumping, and I've seen this happen a lot, because so many cars take five quarts of oil, somebody just dumps five quarts in, and being overfilled three quarters of a quart of oil is not good for any engine, um, unless it's something that burns a lot of oil and you know you're going to use it up in a week. But if you've got an engine that doesn't burn oil, overfilling it is not a good idea. We need to take another break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Remember, Joe Piantadozzi and Breaking Bread's coming up at 10 o'clock. We'll be right back. Looking to remedy those winter blues? Warm up with Amigos Mexican Kitchen sizzling fajitas and pair them with an award-winning margarita. Amigos Mexican Kitchen offers freshly prepared meals from family recipes with a friendly traditional Mexican atmosphere and conveniently located on the exterior of the North Shore Mall in Peabody. Open every day at 11 a.m., Amigos offers eat-in, take-out, pick-up, and delivery. Treat yourself, your friends, and your family. Details at AmigosPeabody.com. That's AmigosPeabody.com. Hi, folks. This is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. If you're replacing the windows in your home, please see the Anderson 400 Series windows on display at any of our three locations in North Reading, Beverly, or Plaston, New Hampshire. The Anderson 400 is attractive, durable, energy-efficient, and reasonably priced. Remember, Anderson is the most trusted name in windows. See the Anderson 400 at any of our three locations. That's North Reading, Beverly, or Plaston, New Hampshire, or at MoynihanLumber.com. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Lisa. I'm glad I ran into you. Remember last year when Tommy from down the street hit my mailbox? Oh, yeah, and it made you spill your wine. Well, you'll never guess what happened this time. I was getting ready to head into the office. I had my coffee in hand, and here comes Tommy's younger brother bombing down the street, and he took out my mailbox. It made me spill my coffee all over myself. With the way those boys drive, I really hope their family took our advice and got higher limits of liability and an umbrella policy. I hope so, too. It's better to be safe than sorry when it comes to liability protection. But the Appleby and Wyman family get the best coverage for your family. Visit AppleByWyman.com. You date like you aren't 22 anymore. Like, emotionally mature is kind of hot to you now. And six texts sent back-to-back is totally cool. You date like your experiences, relationships, they haven't just made you you, they made you interesting. Young love was great, but dating as a fully formed, emotionally mature human? Man, that's on a whole other level. Download the Match app today. Tune in every Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. for Caring Voice. I'm Joanne McInnes with Aberdeen Home Care. We're going to bring you valuable information about elder care and the elder in your life. Tune in Sunday morning at 7.30, Caring Voice.
Biff, why are we playing this song? Know why? Because it's Jay's birthday, that's why. And we had him come in on his birthday, on his day off to fix the station. So thank you, Jay, and happy birthday. And we dragged him out on yeah, his birthday. We dragged him out on his birthday. So yeah. there's yeah. your birthday present yeah. from John and I. No, yeah, no Jay, happy birthday. Which, uh, which in retrospect, is a better present than at least I got him last year. Absolutely. And beats the one <laughs> I got him last year as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one question I got, you know, you, you probably heard about all the... Uh, you know, we got cold up here in the Northeast, but you heard about the ice storms down in Virginia where people were stuck in their cars for a week. Not really. They were stuck for a day. Um, but uh, an interesting letter said recently there's been, uh, and this comes from the mailbag, recently there's been reports of hundreds of people being stuck in the cars for up to 24 hours on the highways in the Northeast. Due to ice and snowstorms, one major complaint was that they were freezing because they ran out of gas. There was no mention of people in electric cars running out of electricity. My question is, how long will the battery keep an electric car warm? Also, when help finally comes with a gasoline car, they pour a gallon of gas in the car and you could drive away. Assume that electric cars would have to be towed away to be charged. Is this the future we have to look forward to? Well, it was an interesting thought. And yes, um, yeah, when you if we run out of gas and, and it's, um, your car burns about a half a gallon of gas an hour, maybe a little bit less depending on the car. The problem is most people head out. I bet if I ask Biff right now, Biff, how much gas is in your gas tank? All right now I'm at half. It's time to fill up. Yeah, see, you're. So I, see, and my, my rule is in the summertime and a little bit, I mean, in wintertime, a little bit more laxed in the summer, but half and it's just like my oil tank in my basement, half. Yeah. And then fill half in yeah. half in the car. Yeah, it's, Actually, it's I, I I wish I had filled it yep. yesterday, be, given the cold weather we got coming. Yep. But it's yep. half, right? To answer yep. your question. But but your your similar age to me. I'm the same way. Millennials wait till the low fuel light comes on. We've and we've and talked then, about how bad yeah, that is. Yeah, how bad that is. But if you're at a quarter of a tank of gas, low fuel light's not on. You don't think anything about it. You head out in the highway. All of a sudden, there's an ice storm, and you're stuck for seven eight hours. You're going to run out of gas. And and need, need, needless, needless to say, what it does to your fuel pump. Yeah, exactly. But the uh, look at all the things you're learning. But it's amazing. But the idea of, you know, how long does an electric car, will an electric car stay warm? Um, a fully charged car like a Tesla, or most people do charge at home. And uh, so if you hit it out on the highway and you were mostly charged and you ran your electric heater in your car, which in most cases is a kind of like an electric space heater, um, you could probably run for 15 or 18, maybe 20 hours um, in keeping the car warm. Uh, that's the research I found. A heat pump is actually a little bit more efficient, uh, maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, you might even just run the seat heaters and let the cabin get cold, and you could stay a little, you know, stay a little bit warm. So about the same. It's not, it's not quite as, uh, you know, people think, oh, an electric car is stuck on the road. You know, keep in mind, just like a gasoline car, when it's sitting still, you're not using any power. So you warm it up, let it stay warm for... 15 minutes, let it stay off for 45 minutes. Do the same thing if you're in a gasoline car. Don't sit there with it running the entire time. Let it run long enough just to warm the cabin up to keep you from freezing, and then uh, shut it back off, let it get cold, do it again. That's, that's, the, that's the way it does it. That's the way it makes sense. And you're right. You know, um, you know, if you are broken down and out of gas, you know, tow trucks will come and deliver you some gas, enough to get going. Uh, at AAA, we're working on, we have portable charging systems that we're, we, um, we're, uh, we're just starting to deploy them now to see how well they're going to work. And we had, uh, you know, we had the folks from Spark Charge on. 
in Somerville that actually had portable charging systems that could work for road service. We're, we're working with them. Our California AAA club is working with them. So we have a lot of things going on. I'm willing to bet, because my telepathy is uh, working a little bit today, is uh, our buddy Joe Piantadozzi is in the studio waiting to go on the air. Joe, good morning. Good and, uh, morning, Joe. Happy New Year. We haven't spoken since the New Year, and hope it's off to a good start already. Hope you had nice holidays. I, I, I did, and I hope you did as well. I, I certainly did. It's funny, you're talking about uh, the lay. I was just talking to my son, Jared. Uh, you know, my father was that way. You, you, know, you never let the, the gas tank go below half. And love my wife, Julie, to death. But um, she wakes up. Here comes a butt. She gets she gets a sunburn from the uh, from the from the low light. You know, uh, that, low, low fuel light. Yeah, color. yeah. It, yeah. It's just you know she, every time I get in her kind of uh, I need gas, and then she's like, "You think we'll make it to the?" It's 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 funny. It's kind of kind of cute. But uh, yeah, especially during these, these cold months, that is good to keep a uh, full tank or close to it. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you can have you can have issues with condensation in the tank. You can have issues with just like the people in Virginia. They they drove out. I'm sure they said, "I'm going to zip out. I'm going to go up two exits, get back off." They got stuck in stuck. You know, tractor trailers slid off the road. They're stuck, and all of a sudden now they're looking at their gas gauge going down and down and right. down. Low fuel light comes on. Next thing it shuts off, and you're sitting in your car. And of course, those days you go out, you're probably wearing uh, loafers and no socks and yeah. you know a, a lightweight jacket. And you haven't thought ahead of saying, "Hey, I want. I, I, did I put my winter clothes in the car?" It's always always a good idea to be a Boy Scout, plan for the worst, and hope for the best. Have have some extra gloves and boots and well, I tell you, some, even even to keep yourself warm. With during COVID here now, driving, yeah, I've driven back and forth to New York a few times, and uh, gas stations not open twenty four hours anymore. You might see nope. a sign that say "Open twenty four and you pull off, and you you know you really got to plan it. So uh, yep. keep your ta- nope, tank yep. full. Absolutely. Hey, be uh, piano guys playing in the background, which means I got to go. But what's going on with Breaking Bread this morning? Have a great guest, former U.S. senator and former ambassador to both Samoa and New Zealand, Scott Brown, for the full show. He's coming coming on live here with me. So looking forward to having okay. Senator Scott and, Brown on. And is it true he was in Playgirl? Yes, he, he, no, not Playgirl, Cosmopolitan. He posed, Cosmopolitan. Okay. Yep, it helped put him through right. uh, through law school. He, he'll talk. Go. He'll talk about that. He'll talk about. <laughs> All that. right. So. All right. Uh, hey, stay tuned for Breaking Bread with Joe Piantadozzi. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down, pull over. It saves lives. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.